I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 21 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. Uh, This episode is brought to you by the return of the MLS Fantasy Game. Woo! Uh, Really? No, actually, really. Uh, No, but of course, uh, as always, this is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing subreddit community of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for continuing to support us during this time. I'm your host, Reed Connolly, from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by my partners in fantasy, Michael Denton and Belaine Riffle. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Good. Good. And before we go any further, I'd also like to welcome our very special guest, James Pick6 Ballow, a digital products guru from MLS. How are you doing, James? Good, how are you? <laughs> Doing well, thanks so much. <laughs> uh, so we have a very special episode today, uh, and James is uh, just thankfully uh, agreed to be with us for the first few minutes of the show. Uh, we know more, finally, about the actual return of the official MLS Fantasy game. Uh, this morning I tweeted out the official line that came out this weekend about it's coming but not now. Uh, and then James reached out and was like, yeah, we could we could say some more stuff. So uh, I, I won't keep people waiting. I know that's probably why a lot of you are here. If you're in chat, uh, feel free to throw up some questions right now. We'll ask what we can. If not, we've got a couple that we can ask James. Uh, so like I said, last week we were talking about the MLS's back bracket challenge. James, uh, what else can you tell us about the fantasy options during the tournament? But more importantly, what can you tell us about the return of the official game sure so first of all hooray mls is back we yes. went with the on the nose branding <laughs> <laughs> the tournament. sometimes the best solutions right in front of your face there it is. so yes mls is back soon <laughs> and so you know we're all excited i've been working on a lot of these experiences and integrations over the past couple of months here so we've we've had a tiny bit more information than you guys a little bit sooner than you guys but honestly we've been trying to hit a big moving target as have oh, yeah. pretty much the entire company so mm-hmm. we're excited to have some real soccer matches coming back and really looking forward to the, the rest of the, the year here so you know specific to the mls's back tournament you know we, we have a couple of experiences um interactive experiences that will be live for the tournament um so first we'll start off with bracket challenge as you mentioned um we'll have a brand new bracket game um for the entire tournament. So um, it's very similar to the World Cup men's bracket game we ran two years ago, where you get to pick and predict the outcome of both the group stage and then the bracket stage. And so um, what's different about this experience is that it's actually split into two stages. So the first stage is predict the top finishers from all the groups, predict the next best three to advance to the round 16. And from there, you want, you wait for the group stage to progress, and then you come back and actually select your bracket once the round of 16 is set. So um, it will require coming back and filling out a bracket, but we feel that this two-stage approach um, is slightly different than what we had with the World Cup bracket game two years ago, where you had to fill out the whole thing at once, and your bracket was auto-generated by the picks that you had made for group stage. That was difficult. I know that I even found personal frustrations with that, where you picked two teams, one and two, and they finished two and one, and then they're on opposite sides of the brackets and you get no points the rest of the way. So we didn't want to penalize people for being slightly off. So, um, you know, the game, we're hoping to get the game up this week. Uh, so everyone will be able to see that, that experience there. But again, it's make your group stage picks now, come back you know, July 23rd. Once the bracket is set, come make your bracket picks. And then the scoring is combined over the two stages of that, and we're going to be giving out some pretty cool prizes. Nice. Prizes are always awesome. Prizes are, well, not for me. I'm, I'm <laughs> ineligible. <laughs> you get to announce so, them. You know. No, I mean, definitely, as someone who's in Kentucky and in the heart of SEC country, brackets yeah. are our thing. 
in March and having this like dual approach to a bracket. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, now we're, we're pretty excited for it. Even if you don't make it for group stage or you want to spin up a new entry for bracket stage, just to play with friends, things like that. Um, you know, we're not going to shut down game registration between the two. So you'll be able oh, to cool. if you miss out on group stage. Yeah. You'll be hundreds of points behind. So, you know, good luck there, but it's still fun if you want to get a group of people together and, and just play, you know, a more casual version of the game, you can do so. So, and Pick 6 is also back as well, right? Well, we call it Predict 6. You call it Predict so. 6. Okay, okay. Again, I will, the branding. I will, be on point I will change. I will change that. James, Predict 6, Bellow. Yeah. Predict, pick 6 is more of a American football term. Okay. So... <laughs> Copyrighted by a couple other games, so, you know, <laughs> so definitely change that in the. Yes. That's the legal reason I want. Like <laughs> yeah. I've, I've shared too much now. <laughs> so anyway, predict six, yeah. So uh, um, predict six is back for the MLS is back tournament, and so each round of group stage, there's three rounds of group stage where each club plays once, and so we're going to run the predict six round. For each of those MLS back group stage round. So um, from now on, predict six are no longer weeks. We're going to be calling them rounds. Um, and then we're also going to run a predict six round for the round of 16 because there's eight matches. Uh, we can't run it further than that. Not enough matches, you know, structure of the game, all the implications of that. But um, we're excited. We're looking to get some, uh, every game's nationally televised. So it should be pretty interesting there. Um, we're looking to pick some interesting matchups. Um, certainly you're going to try to get that uh, Florida matchup, the first matchup as one of our predict six matches to get everyone in and excited about that. And uh, again, same prizing, same game mechanics, same scoring. Should be pretty interesting. We're also looking to get that up uh, this week for the first round of matches for prediction. Um, another interesting wrinkle is that because the gate, the, the rounds essentially around ends one day and starts a new one starts the next day, we're going to open the next round for selection you know, a couple of days out. So while round one is completing, you know, July 13th, for example, uh, round two was already up for picking a day or so before. Uh, I think that that overlap is not only necessary, but pretty useful for marketing purposes and just for getting in early and making your picks. Are we going to see any new predict six options? Like I know we only saw a few of the, of the fun little things. Are we going to get some curveballs this time? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> you never know. Curveballs. No, I mean, at this point, uh, you know, we're looking at just keep going with what we have and, and just have some consistency to see with the game. It's only two weeks old at this point. So, um, but I didn't know, know if we'd really get like mean, a, like a most, or the first person to be a fifth sub, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Most substitutions <laughs> by the team. No, it's, it's, uh, you know, we're going to keep things as is. We have our six prop style questions and, and, uh, you know, we're always open to taking suggestions and fan feedback. So um, if you think that there's something, you know, the caveat there is needs to be powered by data feed. It's not going to be like which manager wore the best suit, you know, things like that. A little hard to judge. So anything that's database would be uh, interesting to us for sure. There we go. And finally, of course, the official fantasy game. Official fantasy game. Insert drum roll here. As opposed to all the non-official games that are floating around out there. That we, well, you we know. Look, we frown upon. Yeah, we encourage this. Um, so, unfortunately, MLS Fantasy will not be restarting for the MLS is back tournament. Um, and this is mostly just due to logistics of just, there's no gaps. There's no days off. There's It's hard to process a week and then have another week start the next day. Um, especially with a 9 a.m. start time in round two for day one. So we wanted to ensure that users would have the opportunity to actually set new rosters. We didn't want to change the game mechanics of pausing uh, salary changes. Um, we also were concerned just about rotation, honestly, just that this game may not be that fun um, and it's hard to predict what's going to happen at this tournament. So uh, we felt like fantasy could take a little bit more of a hiatus and then ideally return when the rest of the regular season returns. So I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if people hate rolling transfers and rolling lockouts right now, I can only imagine what kind of nightmare 
that would have been for people yeah. literally rolling and, and weeks. We certainly tossed a lot of those ideas around of even just like, should we just skip one of the matches and call it a bye week? Should we just do one mega week with triple game weeks was an idea that was tossed out there, which caught my attention. Or, <laughs> or should we freeze player price changes for the three weeks? But you still enter that, that scenario if you have somebody on your roster and they're locked and then they have the 9 a.m. game the next day for next week that player is essentially locked into your roster and we didn't want to go too far with playing around with game mechanics of let's open up the next week early and let you manipulate your roster you know some of that stuff is it's complex and so uh, we didn't want to risk trying to shoehorn in a solution and then essentially breaking the game so with the emphasis being on clearly trying to not have to change, reinvent the wheel with the game. When we get past the MLS's back tournament and we get back to the time when fantasy could return, managers can expect it to look similar moving forward. So we'll still have our, our same price changes and, and Champions League and all that stuff. I'll just continue like it never happened. Yeah, I mean, that's the obviously we can't continue like nothing's changed, but the plan is to keep everything as close to the you know initial spirit of the game for this year with roster values being locked and price changes being a little bit more aggressive with the algorithm. Um, we'll need to tweak the Fantasy Champions League um, just because of the shortened season. Um, obviously, the regular season schedule after the MLS is back tournament is still in flux and not yet you know, determined at this point. So I can only you know, expect what everyone else is expecting with there likely will be more double game weeks. There'll likely be a compressed schedule. Uh, the, the season will run longer, more like what we had a couple of years ago. Um, and so we will react based on any type of official scheduling and um, information release based off, off of that. Mike Blaine, I'll let you guys ask anything you have before I wrap up. If you guys have anything. I don't think I have anything fantasy related. Anything, Mike? Um, as far as the Champions League, do you foresee a possibility of reducing the number of qualifying weeks, or is that just kind of something that's going to depend on what the schedule ultimately is? I mean, it's the answer to your or question is yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we uh, there's an obvious reduction in weeks overall, and so what that means for for Champions League, you know, we're gonna the goal is to keep it. Number one, the goal is to have, you know, these distinct short periods of time for qualification and then some sort of experience at the end that's a mad dash for cash. And so um, we see value in this type of experience. We think it's actually a great opportunity for when fantasy does come back to market, you know, hey, look, there's there's more ways to win. You know, you didn't have to be if you missed out on the first two weeks of the season. It's not a big deal. Um, so we'll certainly be communicating what the plan is for Champions League, but imagine, yes, less qualifiers. They might be reduced in uh, time period and length, but we may increase the number of people that qualify, maybe. Yeah. Asterisk. More is always fun. Uh, and my second question will be, are you really glad with all the double game weeks that are probably coming that we made the double game week rule? <laughs> <laughs> so, honestly... I'm going to put that back to you guys. So what do you guys think this change of best score will bring? Because my assumption is the concern has always been with rotation. And now who knows what the rest of the year will look like and what rosters will look like and substitutions will look like. So my thinking is it was an amazing idea that I had and it will, the rest of this, the year will prove that. That's my take. <laughs> I mean, my, my take is that with five substitutions a game, the double game weeks, I'm very glad. It's <laughs> trying to speculate who was going to last eight game or the whole game with five, you know, half the team getting substitution would have been a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. No, I still think it's going to be great. Uh, it's, I think it's going to help encourage more diversity as well as we come back. Uh, I had a question about. You mentioned the algorithm will probably be changed be a bit more aggressive. We had two weeks, and uh, we had been waiting for sort of that magic third week point whenever we could yeah. finally start to kind of see 
at this point, do you know or has a decision been made if we're going to restart sort of that clock of three weeks before we start seeing some of the changes or if it's just going to pick up from where we left off? But you know, there's no... Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I, I would My response to that would be that based on what how I've seen the algorithm work, that it's a slow, it, it's honestly a slow process for okay. prices to change. It may look like, wow, you guys need a cap of a million to prohibit players from jumping too much based on like recent performance. But in all honesty, um, it's based on real world stats. And if, if players are coming back from the tournament and they're not informed and their prices start going down, that's accurate. So I honestly, I don't, a reset doesn't actually make sense because we would still have to base it off of how we think these players will perform the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. um, I don't envision us changing any prices for any player unless there's something very obvious that needs to change one way or the other. So um, I'm confident in the math um, and, you know, like you said, we haven't actually really seen it in action yet. And I think <laughs> that, um, you know, we'll be happy once the season returns, once players start producing and, and getting some consistency. You start filling it out. Yeah, no, that would be, that would be great. Um, well, that's all that I have. I know you couldn't be with us too terribly long tonight, James. So I think we covered the high points there. Any, anything, any final questions or thoughts for, from you or Blaine, Mike? Nope. Oh, I had I had a couple non-fantasy ones for you, James, since we've got some people listening. Um, how do you see the tournament going, and who do you think some favorites are? I know we discussed it a week ago or two weeks ago, what we thought was going to happen, so what do you see happening? So my internet just cut out. <laughs> uh, Blaine was just asking who you think are the favorites for, for the tournament, and how do you think it's going to play out? Ooh. I don't have a great answer for this. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't just copy and paste something Weeby no. said? No, I definitely I'll go with you. <laughs> no, he wants to be right. <laughs> go with Doyle Let's then. See. Yeah. I'll go. I'll be a hometown hero. I, I think NYCFC will be beautiful and great. Um, honestly, they are a strong team. I'd like to see NYCFC just personally try to do well here. Um, I'm always interested in seeing what DC is going to do. Just mm. – find their team to be just interesting in general. Um, but honestly, you know, I just hope everyone is, is, is taking the right precautions and is healthy enough. And, and not only with coronavirus, but just getting back into shape and not pulling hamstrings. Cause I've done that before and it's not fun. So, you know, that the heat down in Orlando and, and an unfamiliar field, you know, it's going to be strange time. So you just hope that everyone, um, is giving their all, but, but doing it the right way. Thanks. And then I had one more because I'm a huge fan of the seri video series and I talked to the people there. Any chance with all the returns and his backs that we get Simon Borg for one instant replay? <laughs> I'll pass that along. I will, I will definitely. You guys don't want to get uh, Greg Lawless involved too? I mean, go for it. We can. Just going to get a throwback episode real quick. <laughs> yeah. Whoever's um, in studio. I, you know, I will, I will, I will whisper some kind words to Ben Bear's Ben Bear's ears, and then you know he can pull all the strings behind the scenes. Um, so maybe Ben can get uh, Simon out there. That would be awesome. That's a great question. Well, thank you so much, James. We appreciate you coming out and uh, sharing some of this knowledge. I know a lot of people have been been reaching out to us, uh, just just wondering when fantasy is coming back. So it's exciting to hear some of this information. Right, yeah, and I think the one last thing I'll leave you guys with is, is we're certainly committed through next year to have some sort of fantasy experience. Um, we're looking, you know, we don't feel like we even got a fair shake this year with the game, so we're sure. still, um, you know, our goal is to continue running the game next year and would probably lean towards keeping a very similar format that was planned for this year. So if anything, we're looking for feedback once the regular season starts up again after the tournament Again, we want to hear from everybody. We want to know what's working, what's not. Um, it's as much your game as it is as it is mine, if not more. So, um, <laughs> if we still feel like the algorithm is wrong for price changes or roster value not changing was a horrible idea, 
or double game week change was horrible. You know, we're open to feedback. We're listening and, uh, you know, always looking to improve the product going forward. Awesome. Great to hear. Great to hear that as well. Another year. Definitely not a fair shot. So, all right. Well, thank you so much, James. And, uh, and if anything else comes along, we'll, we'll at you. You know where to find me. (laughs) Thank you. Take it easy. Bye-bye. See you, Jim. See ya. All right, so there you have it. That was uh, James Ballow, who was giving us some information about fantasy. Not a whole lot, and I think that's fair for what they've been concentrating on right now, but what did you guys think? Some good tidbits for to help stoke your excitement? Yeah, I mean, de- definitely, I, mean, I think probably the best information was that last little bit at the end about com- committed to fantasy through next sure. year, because sure. that's something that I think all of us have been kind of wondering about, whether this might be the last year whether especially if COVID was going to put an end to it. So it's really good to see that um, we've got another year and a half of this podcast left. <laughs> there we go. There um, we go. <clears throat> but, I mean, as far as the, the rest of the, the game, um, I, I think what James said about the Champions League format is kind of a lot, what, along the lines of what we had been discussing, um, really dependent on what the regular season looks like and what that schedule looks like. So it's pretty understandable that that's in flux. Um, his, his explanation about why there's no fantasy game in the tournament makes sense. Yeah. Although I'm really kind of sad that we didn't get a, a call back to those, like wake up at four o'clock in the morning to make fantasy changes game. <laughs> really? Cause I didn't get to experience that. Oh, okay. So okay, I kind of wanted why. to do that. And you know, I got, you know, a little, you know, under two, two year old kids. So I'm up in the middle of the night. A lot of times anyway, you're so up anyway, I had an advantage. <laughs> 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 you know, Reed is going to be up in the middle of the night soon too. So, <laughs> <It's true. laughs> you know, um, but I mean, yeah, I think everything kind of, you know, the rest of it made sense. Um, I'm, I'm excited for what he talked about the bracket, having a two phase game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll play it and, and see how it goes. And if you just joined us uh, during our YouTube broadcast, uh, of course, or if you skipped ahead during the listening of the the podcast, actually on SoundCloud, uh, we just finished talking with James, the highlights for what to expect with fantasy after and during the tournament. Uh, During the tournament, no official fantasy game. We're going to have the bracket challenge, which will be in two sections, the group stage and then the best of 16 stage. So that's awesome right there. Uh, We will have predict six during uh, up through the round of 16. So that'll be fun as that's current uh, in the current format that is in. And then after the MLS is back tournament, we will have a form of the official fantasy game back Uh, They're They're still finalizing. I think it's safe to stay still finalizing some of the changes. Adjustments will need to be made to the champions league system that we had this year. Um, It sounds like they're looking to either condense the amount of time for selecting players to be in the champions league. If you forgot what that was, they were going to take the top 50 players from each. They're basically going to divide the game up into five sections and from the first four quarters take the top 50 players and then have the top 200 play for some big prizes at the end. It sounds like they're going to be condensing those quarters to get the final Champions League and maybe even adding more than 50 players so we could see a couple, two or 300 people in that. That's just me throwing down some numbers. Um also, it sounds like there will be no changes to the price change format. Uh, James is pretty confident in the algorithm. It might get tweaked, but the actual math he said was good. And that uh, they don't seem to know about the schedule just yet, but we could probably expect some double game week craziness to abound. And there's not going to be any change to the new rule this year of the highest score from a double game week, which I think is awesome. So, hey, JoJo, uh, sorry, uh, glad to have you joining us. Uh, sorry that you've been around, but glad that you're here with us right now as we're talking more about the return of fantasy. So, uh, Blaine, your response. Um, I think it was all good information. Uh, I love, like, my, love the commitment from MLS to the game to get that out there publicly now. I know there's been a lot of speculation with the number of players and everything, if it was going to return this year or next. I'm really glad we get an answer that, uh, that it's yes for both. And then I'm I'm so glad they they they're showing that they learn from their mistakes or not mistakes, but what doesn't work with the World Cup bracket, not allowing us to edit things between group stage and bracket stage, and we get the chance to do that this year. I just think that's fair. It gives you because you can shoot your whole bracket by missing two groups, and especially when you're taking best three, now you've got to predict who the third place teams are, and you miss those. I mean, you can just 
you can royally screw up a bracket in the group stage. And it's great that we get a chance to correct that and try to come back from that. Yeah, no, that, that was an awesome adjustment there. A great tweak for sure. For sure. And just commitment to improving things. I know James said it, that they're always taking feedback and willing to change things, but there's example of them doing that from one event to the next. And it just gives me a lot of hope going forward that they're going to continue this involvement and listening to everybody. So that's a good segue. Uh, again, thanks so much for James for talking to us about the official game. But now we're going to talk a little bit about the MLS's back tournament because I put up a poll this morning asking what the people wanted us to talk about. And it was not Star Wars. Wouldn't you know? They wanted us to talk about soccer. And they said they want us to talk about the MLS's back tournament. And for me, from the fantasy point of view, that means we're talking about the strength of schedule. The last time we talked about MLS is back tournament was two weeks ago. And at that time, all we had was the schedule for Group A. And we didn't have the official schedules for BCD, E, and F. Uh, now that has been released, there is a great condensed schedule on on our MLS on Reddit. Uh, you can see the individual groups, I think, through through graphic tweets on, on MLS's official Twitter channel. But there's a great bracket put together at uh, our MLS, and uh, that was posted at the MLS Fancy Bot or MLS Fancy Insider Discord if you want to check that out or browse through r slash MLS. And uh, so guys, just want to get your initial thoughts on what do you think of the groups? Have your minds changed any about who might get out now that we can see the schedule? And I'll, I'll go ahead and start. The reason why we're talking about this is when I look at Group B and I see that Seattle is opening up with against San Jose and Dallas is opening up against Vancouver. Those are definitely two of the easier teams to start your three-game streak with. So a great opportunity to start off on a high note to get your momentum going and not have to wait until the last game to really decide everything like what could happen potentially in, in Group C. So I think that is a, a great symbol for me that Dallas and Seattle have a very strong chance of, of getting out of Group B since Vancouver is a tire fire and Seattle, not Seattle, sorry, and San Jose uh, was one of the last teams, I think the last team to get back to full training. And so there could be some definite issues with fitness at this time. Well, I mean, you, your first question was, has our opinions changed about who's getting out of the group? And, yeah. and I suspect the opinions for all of us have to change because there's been a rule change since we talked about it two weeks ago. Um, for those of you who are following maybe from overseas and aren't following closely with MLS, they changed the rule. Remember, we, I complained specifically about the fact that Group A which is the only group that has six teams instead of four teams, had the same rules as everyone else, and its third-place team um, wasn't going to automatically advance. Well, MLS apparently, in a weird, shocking thing for this league, looked at the data and said, you know what, guys, you're right. So now, <laughs> Mike was right. Well, it, it was someone smart from Amer American soccer analysis, <laughs> not me. I'm, I mean, I was right in the fact that I looked at that number and said, this is so obvious, I don't know why I can do it. And weirdly enough, MLS actually did the obviously correct thing. Um, but so now the rule is going to be that in Group A, the third in Group A only, the third place team is automatically going to advance. Uh, but the fourth place team is going to be lumped in with the other third place teams. And so now instead of four third place teams advancing, it's going to be one of the, the excuse me, the group uh, third place team from Group A and three other third place teams the top third place or the top uh, fourth place finisher from group a um so it means that there's a little bit less room for these other groups just to you know because mm -hmm. before it was kind of like well if you're if you do really well and you get third place you're probably going to make it now it's not quite as comfortable um for some of these other groups i suspect that may not change your ultimate results but i think it's going to be a really interesting because now you're looking at well, can Inter Miami or Orlando, you know, with an easier schedule, make a run and, and get in there and knock off maybe one of these weaker teams, um, especially if you know you kind of stumble early. Um, so it's it's going to be really a lot. It makes the tournament a lot more interesting, I think. That does. No, that's that is. A, it makes it kind of complicated to say. So you did a very good job at at getting all that out. 
Uh, Jojo just had a, a comment in chat for why do you have a group of six and a clear-cut reason. And I was thinking about that today, Jojo, when I was looking at this uh, schedule and kind of looking at the strength of schedule of it all. I thought to myself, we could have just said, you know what, let's take this whole World Cup style to a, a little bit further and say, we're in Florida, we're hoping to get some hometown eyes on this game, get some, get some ratings up. So, you know what, Orlando... Miami, you all just make it to the group of 16. You're you're fine. And and then let every other team be just just four teams and kind of battle it out from there. Maybe you would have had I guess you would have had the congestion and the, and the weird problem when you're picking yeah. your your group of 16, but uh yeah, it's just well, it's more the, the number of teams season. in the league. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're playing these count as regular season games too going they, forward. They they so, do, but it's just it's stupid. It's stupid. It's just stupid. I hate it. I agree, JoJo. It's stupid. No, no um, go ahead. I think really, we should have just eliminated Vancouver from this <laughs> tournament. And just not... Nashville. Who would have cared? Yeah. <laughs> just like, no. no I, I thank you for not saying Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a group of six because that's the best way to see it balanced out. Sure. Um, two fives, it's a lot harder to schedule and balance and make sure everybody's got a fair chance. But when you see what they've done with the group of six, they've actually made it two groups of three. And when you're in, if you're in pot A, you play every team from pot B once. And if you're in pot B, you play every team from pot A once, basically. It's two groups of three. Your, your three and the other three are playing a balanced schedule between you. It does make it fair to add the third team automatically. I know yeah. I said when we talked about this, it's very realistic that the third team out of group A is going to advance on six points. And that six points as a third-place team is, I think it's only possible in this format, or if it's not, it's because you're going to have two sixes and a nine, or you're going to have three sixes in a regular group. It would be, I think it has to be three sixes in a normal group of four is the only way that the third-place team can have six points. I believe that's the way that works. So realistically, Group A was going to get a third team out of there regardless of what happened because the way their schedule is giving that fourth place team a fair shot where they don't have to be a third place team, I think is the biggest leg up and the biggest balancing act on that whole thing. Because I mean, what happens if you get one of those two groups, one of those two pots that they both finish on six points, you've got now a six point fourth place team and very likely one of your third place teams getting out of the other groups is going to be on four points, but because they finished in fourth place, they don't qualify. I think this is a really good change to balance it. And I think it only works I think you can only make this type of system work with one group of six. All right, well, let's talk about the rest of the teams then. Uh, so for me, I already talked about Group B. I think I think that schedule is set up great for Seattle and Dallas, which is what I thought last week anyway. Uh, going into Group C, Group C, I guess i got to tip my hat a little bit more to, to this group for the difficulty of it, uh, just because there's so much unexpected still for New England and Montreal and D.C. here. I think Toronto still easily gets out of it but uh it's it's a bit more more i think up for grabs for the second place spot in group c and that is just sort of looking at the schedule it's fairly evenly balanced the toronto montreal game is always bananas uh i mean no matter how great toronto is or whatever montreal might be struggling with whenever those teams come together in the canadian classic it's 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 ridiculous it's crazy this happens because there's that is such a a a true rivalry with an MLS that having that as the middle game and that that's what makes it tough is Toronto may just trounce DC in the first game because DC's been struggling some on defense but then Montreal may kick it back up and just turn everything on its heels and then New England's not been doing horrible so that could be harder than maybe it looks so group C definitely has a lot of question marks but I still think Toronto's going to get out of that one pretty easy uh, Jojo is saying that Group C does not have a really bad team. And that's true. I mean, there's there's definitely question marks. I, I think I would write Montreal the lowest of those four, but I, there's still question marks around a lot of those teams. Yeah, seeing the schedule here, I think Toronto probably got the worst draw as far as scheduling goes. I know James kind of tipped his hat towards DC for the way they can play, mm -hmm. and that's not an easy opening game for Toronto. No, no, no. New England probably gets the easiest opening match uh, playing Montreal. I think we're all going to kind of in agreement here. Montreal's probably the weakest team in the in the group. 
Um, and and then I, it's just I could see with Toronto playing New England last. Like I picked New England to win this group. Um, if they're coming in on six points and pretty much already and already qualified to make the knockouts, uh, Toronto could get tripped up in that game too. Like I, Toronto's probably got the worst schedule you could ask for. They're going to play a tough team and then a rivalry game, and then they're going to go into what I consider the best team in the group. Um, that's a recipe for disaster. Um, DC, if they could, if they could trip them up in that first one or whatever, they could be easily be playing for their spot in the knockout stage. Like, sure. I just, I don't, I don't, I think Toronto's got the least favorable draw here, and I think that could affect their standing a little bit and drop them to the third place team. See, I actually look at that as seeing the best possible schedule for Toronto and for New England. Mm. Um, I think the two weakest teams in that group are DC and Montreal. Uh, and so if you're looking from their perspective, they're the only ones when I'm looking at, you know, outside of group D, which is kind of top all around. Um, but everyone else plays their toughest match in either round one or round two. Um, round three is generally the weaker matches with clearly idea from MLS being those games are going to be more exciting anyway, because teams are trying to clinch. Sure. Um, so, but that's not the case in group C. And so you can have a situation for Toronto and New England where they're both in. Like they could both easily win their first two matches. They're clinched in the round of 16. And I don't know if either of those will particularly care too much about whether they're first or second. So you could easily say, hey, let's take care of business game one and game two, and then we can rest in game three. And rest is going to be a huge factor, whereas most of these other teams maybe won't have that advantage. Um, so I, I can see that being a real, real good advantage for them, not only making it out of the group, but in going further. That's a good point. Very good point, especially if they're worried about Josie pulling up with a hamstring or something. Yeah. Uh, moving on to group. Which they should be worried about because Josie and hamstring is something they should always be worried about. Very true, very true. <laughs> exactly, especially in a World Cup-style tournament. Yeah. Uh, don't don't tell his hamstring that it's a World Cup-style tournament. Um, and it's the summer. Or that it's the summer, exactly. <laughs> uh, group D, moving on to that. And I still feel really confident that Sporting Kansas City is going to come out of this. I, I feel really confident in Sporting Kansas City in general for this whole tournament. I think Minnesota will be their toughest game, uh, but it's one that they can definitely win. And if they can win that first game, I I, I think it, it is smooth sailing for them afterwards. Colorado looked very good in, in the first game that I saw them play this year. They just didn't quite have enough to see it through to the end. Um, but they, they seem to have a pretty pretty tight defense in the back. They had a little bit of trouble getting getting the, the conversions to go for them uh, on, on the other end. But a uh, lot, of, lot of pressure up there. So, uh, But I think Sporting Kansas City is going to dominate through here. Uh, and, and I think it's going to be Minnesota's to lose um, for, for a second place there. RSL, I think, has to be our, our lowest ranked team in this four. And so it could really come down to that Minnesota-Colorado game at the end and that could be a really exciting one to watch yeah i i'm almost expecting this one this group to open with the draw between skc and minnesota could be Mm -hmm. and then and then it comes down to who scores the most goals and gets out on seven points um and i would give that i would give that to sporting um pulido and uh kinda both came out so strong to start the season um we're coming off of another preseason essentially but those two guys gelled and got in right away uh, Minnesota's not the prolific goal scoring team all the time. Um, I just I think it, I think this one's going to come down to tiebreakers on those two with an opening round draw, and that's that's fine with me. I'd love to see Sporting get through that one, um, but I mean this is chock full of rivalries. The first two weeks, first two games are rivalries. Um, RSL Minnesota's not really a rivalry, and then Sporting and RSL finish on a rivalry, which is always a nightmare. Um, so. Is is that is it Sporting Kansas City and Minnesota that they call like the nicest rivalry? Like the nicest rivalry in right, sports, yeah. Right, right. Because um, you all just most polite. Most polite. That's what it was. Well, like no, that. the the hashtag going around was the nicest rivalry in sports. And the last time Minnesota came to Kansas City to play, as they introduced the players, they ran the song "You've Got a Friend in Me" over the loudspeaker for them. <laughs> That's funny. Um, That's yeah. funny. Now this, this group should be fun to watch, though. I'm excited about this one. But I could see this one as a group where we don't have a third-place team make it. So this could be one. And I think Group C could be as, as well. Group C and D could be teams where I, I don't think we could see three teams come out of there. Uh, moving on to Group E, my group. 
uh, with FC Cincinnati. I think FC Cincinnati is clearly, I'll just say it, the the bottom team in this group. Uh, there's interesting questions I think is going to be between Atlanta and, and New York Red Bulls because Atlanta does not have Martinez, and so that's going to be an interesting dynamic for them. But I think Columbus Crew, I don't know if... I guess some people are calling them a dark horse. I don't think they're a dark horse. I think they've got a lot of, of potential to do well in this tournament. And uh, I think it could be the Red Bulls or Atlanta who end up being third in in this team, in this group. Um, but I, I think this is there's enough talent in this group to potentially have everyone beat Cincinnati and then maybe have some draws in here that might give a team enough points to be able to advance as a third-place team as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's the key. I mean, all those teams are going to be looking to get a big result against FC Cincinnati and try yep. to get um, a huge goal differential. Um, and then, you know, a point or a win in, in your other two matches will probably be enough to get you through. Yeah, I I think I picked Atlanta to finish third in this group when we did our... Yeah. Um, and starting with Red Bulls is probably the worst pull they could have gotten. Maybe Columbus would have been a little worse, but... Columbus is kind of my heavy favorite in here, mm -hmm. just no, the way they play with the defense. Um, if Atlanta loses that first game, then they get the they get the game against Cincinnati, but then they have to finish with Columbus. That's not a good. Mm -hmm. I mean, they could be three points in the last in the last game going into facing Columbus. Red Bull could easily be on six points at that point, having or not six points, four points, two, three points. I mean, it could be three and three, but. If Atlanta and Red Bull are on three with one game to go, um, your your money's going to be on Red Bull playing Cincinnati. Like that's, I Atlanta. Oh, I hate that first round for them because that's going to be yeah. tough. They're going to have to push for that, but it's they haven't really played much without Martinez. They're going to be trying to find their footing without him. Uh, where do the goals come from? And you don't want the want one of those hard matchups against the team you're really competing for when you're still trying to figure out where all your goals are going to come from. And, of course, uh, if you saw the article that MLS Soccer published recently or if you just saw it straight from 538, uh, they have their – 538 has their percentage chances up on who will win the tournament now. LAFC is still on top, but the three lowest teams, Nashville, Cincinnati, and Vancouver, all have a 38% chance of, of winning, which is substantially higher than their practically non-existent chances of winning MLS Cup. And that is because crazy things can happen when so few games – are played. I mean, even when Cincinnati played Atlanta and Red Bulls, they didn't do as bad as people may have thought they would have done. So a no Joseph Martinez could be something that maybe something crazy happens with Cincinnati. New new coach coming in here, new mentality. I mean, something, something crazy could happen. I still think it's a far shot, but uh, crazy things can happen with so few games. Uh, and then Group F, which... I don't know, I guess it's supposed to be one of the most exciting because LAFC and LA Galaxy are in it, but at the same time is also one of the groups I care the least about because LAFC and LA Galaxy are in it. And the big question just comes to what does LA Galaxy have? Because they haven't been able to get anything going. They're playing LAFC in the middle, so at least they each get... A, a game to sort of get into the flow. Uh, LAFC, I think, has the easier game against Houston. Then the Galaxy, Portland can still be tough. So they may start the the whole tournament on a zero and then could end up with another zero against LAFC, and then they're done. And we're not going to see them. I just don't see LA Galaxy pro proceeding to the round of 16 if they start out with a goose egg after the first two rounds. So... Uh, I still think LAFC is going to get out of here, no problem. Yeah, and I mean, this is another situation with Portland and LAFC. If they take care of their business in the first two games, you know, they're the two favorites. They can be done and just fighting over the first and second seed, and they could easily rest players and say, you know, we'll take whatever. Because um, I, don't, I don't think seeding between one and two is really going to make all that much difference. It could easily uh, be Portland. As as you... Portland yeah. could easily be number two. Right. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing. LAFC and Portland, I think if they, they can yeah. easily take care of their games and, they, and then they play each other in that last round and then say, whatever. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, your, your group C or your group C scenario all over here with Toronto and New England. Yeah. 
Yeah, and this is one of those weird ones where one and two really doesn't matter. Um, I was looking it up. F1 gets to play E2, so uh, Columbus, New York, or Atlanta. I mean, whichever one comes out second there is where the winner is going to play. Uh, the number two team is going to actually get drawn against group B number two. So Seattle or Dallas, whichever way those stack up, most likely Dallas. So your second place team, if they go the way we think, playing Dallas, that's not a bad one. Like if you're if Portland and LA and LAFC both have it locked up by then, I don't think they really care who they play on that one. <laughs> what if it was Seattle ends up two in group B and Portland ends up two in group F? And we get a big Cascadia right there at the beginning of the round of 16. Don't, they don't throw it. They throw it to make it happen. That's funny. Don't give uh, Pro any ideas. And, and then we skipped right over A, so uh, we'll, we'll move on in just a second. But I at least when I mention the teams from A, uh, even with three teams going through, I, I still think we're going to have uh, New York come out of this one easily. I think they've got a quality team, even with a new coach, and that a lot of the early problems were because they were focusing on the the CONCACAF commitments they had. So I, I think New York City is going to do quite well in this. I expect Philadelphia to do very well in this, and then it's going to come down to that number three spot. And I think it's probably going to end up being either either Orlando or Miami. Um, I I, I don't know much about Chicago because of all the new look and everything that's changed over there, but I almost lean Orlando for this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely see that. Um, it, 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 I think Orlando, one of the other advantages that both the Florida teams have um, is one, they don't have to have, have to have, haven't had to deal with travel, and they've also been open longer and been able to, you know, practice pretty much as soon as MLS left them. Um, that, you know, New York City, on the other hand, has had to train in New Jersey at the Red Bulls facility for part of the time because of New York's um, more heavier restrictions due to coronavirus. So that could play an advantage. I, I really think the Florida teams ha have a good advantage and with not having to travel, being more used to the heat, et cetera. That should be enough for them to be the third and fourth spot. Chicago doesn't seem to have a whole lot of talent, the same with the national. Um, unless you just get some weird fluke one zero results that go against them, it's just hard to see them not going out um, and not getting some pretty good results in order to boost their goal differential and get them over the hump to be part of the three uh, third place teams that make it. The first game is going to say a whole lot, and we did forget the big breaking news: Breck Shea is going to Miami. So there's that I mean, how could they not how could i know exactly right uh, they're also getting uh lgp right or is that uh, nashville that's a rumor that's a rumor i heard that as well so we could see that could help a lot um but yeah that that first game is going to be huge the, the opener of the whole thing orlando miami i think will decide who gets that third place right there so not a lot has changed from us looking at the strength of schedule uh, the lineups it's it's interesting to see how it all how it fell i do encourage you if you haven't already i will will try to link it on on twitter if you haven't seen it already uh, but head over to r slash mls or, or give a search for it at the uh, mls fancy insider discord for the fancy boss discord for this this great looking bracket that uh, puts everything in a nice visual right at your fingertips so the final thing that we're going to talk about tonight is a, a quick update about COVID-19. If you didn't notice or haven't heard, uh, Major League Soccer is providing regular updates on their website. Or at least they've said they are. It might end up being an injury report thing. Uh, but they have planned to provide some regular updates about COVID-19 as this tournament is getting started. And so the latest update on the website currently is from June 28th, so just, just a day old. And uh, as of this recording right now, uh, there were 18 players and six club staff who had received a, a positive PCR test for the coronavirus, and they had a total of 668 players tested since early June. So... Uh, there, there are cases within the league. There are procedures that have been put in place with this. Uh, they have to have two additional PCR tests 24 hours apart, uh, approximately 72 hours prior to the start of any training. 
and they continue to have PCR tests every other day once training begins. To, to break down some of this this language for you all, a, a PCR test is basically a, one of the, the two tests that actually looks for elements of the coronavirus in your body. I think that's the, the best way to, to describe this, usually with the, the nose swab. The, the other type of test that's probably more common than this is uh, what's called a serology test or an antibody test, and that's looking for the antibodies that your body produces after you have become infected, uh, so it could it could catch someone currently with a COVID infection, or the more likely scenario is probably catching someone who's already had or been exposed to COVID-19. And by been exposed, I also mean has had the virus, and so they have those antibodies in their system. So MLS is using the PCR test, which is, is definitely the test that you take when you want to say you have it right now kind of kind of test so but uh that's that's what mls has put into place um we're not going to get political with this right now at all we just want to highlight what mls is doing and have a a short conversation guys what do you think the the impact of some of this could be do you think the proper steps have been taken to try to contain this how many infections might we see before everything stops i guess that's my real question is there a point of like if we hit 90 people 90 players do we do we stop or or what would you all think is maybe like a cutoff for this or is it full steam ahead i i sort of suspect it's going to be full steam ahead because if this gets canceled i think there's a real question of whether mls can come back this year Sure. That has a whole other set of implications. Um, so, I mean, I, th- I think right now MLS is probably trying to clamp it down, and if they can hold kind of steady with this and have caught the infections and they're going to keep the players contained, um, I-, I think they'll be successful. I think they'll be able to have the tournament. Um, I know Florida has its issues right now, um, but I think – if any place can do a bubble, I think it's Disney World. And, and with two leagues doing that, um, I think Disney will have a lot of incentive to keep that bubble. Uh, the real question is going to be the player buy-in, whether the players, and I know some players, including Max Morales, have expressed reservations about going. But I think if if they take it seriously, they're like, look, we're going to go here. This is a business trip. And we're not going to have to cut down our interactions, wear masks where possible and do all the precautions that, you know, government and health officials have been promoting for a few months now, I, I think we'll be okay and can get through with minimal infections and have a great time. Um, if players don't buy in, if players want to, you know, go out and travel and have a lot of interactions, you know, th- this will end real quick and, and we'll be in jeopardy. But um, my hope is that players do take this seriously, that the uptick in cases around Florida Will make players wary of those types of interactions but i mean it's really in everyone's incentives in everyone's best interest to have this go well um i know disney world does not want to have player a bunch of players get infection infections while staying at their park because that means people are going to be less likely to go to their park and that means disney's going to lose a lot of money so there's a lot of people with a lot of investment and they're not just us as fans wanting um you know a slice of entertainment to distract us from uh, the reality everyone is going to ma- lose a lot of money if this goes south yeah, yeah. And, and mike's right there's there's i didn't say before but there are procedures in place for when players have tested uh they they are quarantined in their hotel they are continued to be assessed by a healthcare provider uh they are in isolation and are monitored by staff and and receive remote care from providers so uh there are and symptom monitoring and and i've been involved with this at at my own my, my real job my my real work and so a lot of these are the same procedures that are being recommended at the state from the state and the federal levels for for everyone to be to be looking at so the right steps are, are definitely being taken and considered to try to protect players playing yeah the uh, a huge one here with the pcr testing is they've said they've got to complete two of them with it 72 hours prior to training so that means they come into training clean um but then throughout training they're going to be tested every other day like that's huge um i know i've seen some stats out there false negatives in the first week 
can be, I think it drops every day you've, you've been infected. It drops by about 10%, five to 10% over that first week. But the chances for a false negative five, six, seven days in are, are under 20%. I think it gets down into single digits about seven days in for a potential for a false negative. So we're talking, they're going to be tested three days prior. They're going to start training and on day four or five, they're going to be tested again and they're going to be tested again on day six or seven. Like they're going to know right away if somebody's got it with this aggressive testing plan. Mm -hmm. And that's huge. Um, I, and some I players like, have been detected when they've come in. So they are already catching players before they're entering into the mm -hmm. population. Yeah. Yeah. So MLS is really doing a good job of setting up this bubble and protecting themselves. Um, the big thing you have to worry about with high paid athletes is where, what, what are they going to do for entertainment? Uh, that's always the big thing. Um, as, as crazy as, as it is, MLS and Disney could be bringing in cases of alcohol to give these guys kind of their own nightlife inside their <laughs> bubble. Um, and I would well, hope... I think, picture your little cantina band. Black Widow. They're getting access to movies that we don't get, which I'm very jealous about. Okay. I yeah. just want to imagine a cantina like, band playing, so... But um, I would love to see MLS open up the stadium for the players, for the other players, um, when those games are going on. Because you got two night games, and unless you're playing... You've got four or five days off. I would love to see the other teams be allowed into the stadium, sit in their own little section, and watch the game. Oh. I think that could be. I think that could be a fun little tidbit for the fans to watch. See, you can see other players' reaction to what's going on on the field. But it would also give the guys something to do while they're down there, within the MLS bubble. And I don't know. That's just that's one of my hopes that we see is the other teams Maybe. at the games. I mean, they're already going to be around each other enough. The security thing, the security and safety issue is there, but we've seen how big some of these stadiums can get. You can spread out pretty far and still, get your, and still get your team, all your teams in there. And wouldn't it be fun? You've got four teams playing in a night because there's a morning and a night game. What if the other 22 teams in MLS were out there sitting in the stands watching the game? Well, I do know there was some conversation and, and there will be some schedule overlap about having MLS teams go watch the NBA games and vice versa. Ah. And I think that would be great for the league to have. And we just had Kevin Durant um, sign on for a minor ownership part um, in the Philadelphia Union. I think it would be tremendous exposure for MLS um, if, for example, the my, you know, Inner Miami was at the Miami Heat game, and vice versa. I think it would be really cool. Um, I think that would be a tremendous source of entertainment. Hey, Lily, have a good night, man. Um, but I think it would be a tremendous source of entertainment, tremendous amount of promotion for the league. Uh, to be one of the few people who could watch basketball games would be great. Um, but I think Blaine's idea is great too. Go catch some soccer while you're able. So, you know, especially if you finish the morning game. Come at night and chill out. You're not going to be practicing. Um, but yeah, I do know that Disney is trying to make some of its um, movies available to NBA players and MLS players, uh, such as Black Widow and Mulan. Movies that should have been released by now, but just haven't because of the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, so they, hopefully there'll be some options and they won't do what Kyle Walker did. And yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, it might be interesting for contact tracing, but yeah, you're. I mean, the, there's a quarantine environment, so no, that would be great. That'd be great. All right, well, that's where we're going to leave it. Like I said, not not being political with this. Um, that's all that we have for the show tonight. We're happy that you all could uh, could join us. And then last week, I edited this out of our podcast because I was a week off because I forgot about James being able to come with us. Uh, next week, we are going to take a, a break uh, from the podcast. We're going to have an episode that focuses on our Patreon supporters. So if you are a Patreon supporter, I tweeted out today that make sure you get your information updated because next week I'm going to be announcing some winners of our scarf drawings that I've been doing for the past months to kind of kick off this MLS's back tournament. And uh, we're basically taking the week off so we can enjoy part of the tournament and build up some content for you all and and we'll see if if without a lot of fancy stuff coming back we may extend the hiatus uh just during this tournament so people can focus on that but if not uh, keep letting us know what you'd like to hear and we can come on for shorter episodes or reaction episodes to uh, the rounds of 16 and, and everything or we can even we may at least just come in and share our brackets with you all and you can see how we are doing but uh blaine and mike final comments for tonight 
I'll just say that whenever the bracket game does come out, um, I'm sure that we'll have a group together. So pay attention to MLSFantasyBoss.com, um, the chat there, the Discord chat, as well as our channels on social media uh, as far as what groups will be available. Um, so you did say there will be some groups. Um, so we'll definitely pass that information along once we can get it set up in the game's live. Blaine? Uh, nothing really from me. Uh, you guys got to be sure to check out Blaine's Twitter because he has just printed an awesome large baby Yoda with his 3D printer. So it's 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 cool. It's cool stuff. It's cool stuff. Uh, as for myself, yes, uh, check out uh, the MLSFantasyBoss.com website. Haven't been updating it as much as we've just been doing the podcast, but I'll do some large dumps during this uh, short break so people can listen to the past content. Uh, also head over to the Discord chat. It's still going. People are still talking. Lots of great people in there. Even though they're not sharing their fantasy knowledge, they're still just having a good time. And like I said, sharing this great bracket from r slash from MLS. Uh, otherwise than that, thank you so much, everyone. We hope that this project has helped you. Just keep your mental health high during this time. We're glad things are starting to reopen. Don't rush it, though. We know some places have had to cut back due to rising cases. So please uh, just just be healthy at home, be healthy at work, uh, and just do the right things that are going to help you and your family do what's best. And just get through this. Thank you so much for listening tonight, and good luck. <laughs>